This week's podcast brought to you by Coach Liquors. I was fortunate to be in boarding group one on a United flight a couple of days ago to Raleigh. And they said, all right, we're ready to board. And so I got my bag and um, went and got in line. And then the flight attendant said, first, we're going to board people who need extra time boarding. Then she said, now we're going to board active military. And then she said, now we're going to board global services. Now we're going to board families with small children. Now we're going to board our premier 1K customers. I stood there for probably seven or eight minutes. And then finally, she said, time to board group one. Last weekend, we were at a um, local park watching a soccer game. We didn't have anybody playing, but um, the eighth grade girls in our town were playing um, in the cup, the Connecticut Cup finals against an eighth grade girls team from another town. So we were just there watching. And our 11-year-old was with, was with me, and she had brought a friend. And um, kind of near where the soccer field was, they were, they're between the parking lot and one of the fields, there were these kind of big rocks. Um, they weren't right near the parking lot, but there were these big rocks. And and our daughter came over to me and said, you know, we're going to be playing on the rocks because you could jump from one rock to the next. And they went for what, maybe 30 or 40 yards that they had these rocks. And so our daughter was jumping from rock to rock and so was her friend and they were having a good time. And um, at one point, a woman who I would say was maybe 10 feet from me, definitely within earshot because I could hear her. Her son must have asked her to um, to play on the rocks because all I heard was the woman say, no, you can't play on the rocks. That's not a smart choice. As I'm standing there, the mother who's <laughs> letting her 11-year-old bound from uh, from rock to rock. And you know what? Not a single part of me second-guessed my decision. She's 11. She should be bounding from rock to rock. I mean, these are like low rocks. They're not high off the ground. If you fell off the rock, you might get a scrape or something, but we'll play on the rocks, kid. <laughs> Did you consider uh, telling our daughter or speaking to the woman through, through your children by saying, I think it is a smart choice. I think it will make you more independent and, and less fearful of life. Yeah, there's a lot of things you can learn from jumping from rock to rock. And since you just spoke, we, we need to let people know that there's nothing wrong with their we, their audio. They don't do, have to adjust do, do their adjust bass. Do not adjust your tuners, your knobs. You, Steve just has some really... This, uh, is, this is the ball and chain, a uh, very special ball and chain with special guest host, B. Arthur. <laughs> Pretty much. Your uh, your voice has been like. Is this the second day it's been like this, or the third? Because you have you have some sort of a head cold. It's uh, not it's, COVID. You've been tested multiple times. It's not that, but uh, it's it's the worst sore throat I've had in years. Um, and like it's bad enough that we should get you tested for strep. Well, I don't like, think does it, this require a doctor's. I, visit? I don't think it's a concern for for our listeners. It's not. Uh, <laughs> well, no, that's audio born. But no, I, I just you may have to read the viewer mail this week. I think everyone would like to continue to hear you talk in that well uh, that if, wacky wild voice. If, if you'll just allow me to say, if, if I can just do the entire show as Barry White. Yeah. I'd, I'd, uh, if only you could sing like Barry White. Well, I think with his voice, maybe you temporarily could. I probably could. Yeah. 
I'm just waiting for you to like clear your clear your throat and be back to normal, but it hasn't happened. No, it hasn't. Uh, I think it's the demonic possession is what's what's really holding yeah, me down. Maybe that's what it is. Um, you want to go jump on some rocks? Maybe that'll I, I, <laughs> that'll I, make you I, feel perhaps, better. Perhaps I could drink something on the rocks. Yeah, I mean, when the woman though, when she said it to her kid, but obviously within earshot of me, was that her way of saying to me, like, yes, please have your kids stop playing on the rocks, so my kid will stop asking me? Yes, of course. And we've been and, we've been in the opposite situation as well, where we've been at a park when the kids were toddlers or a little older you may not remember and and other kids have gotten up on you know instead of swinging on the swings you climb up the swing set frame and stand on the crossbar and so we haven't actually said no no don't don't do that that would be uh moronic right we've just we've just thought that to ourselves that's not that's not a good choice and in fairness her son was not 11 her son was younger than that but uh our daughter, you know, she was watching some of the soccer game, but she didn't go there to watch sure. two hours of a soccer game. She went there to, to play with her friends. So um, anyway, we came home unscathed. She, w- she came home unscathed as well. We've talked about this before. When opposing coaches in youth sports talk to talk about other players ostensibly through their own players. Right. This is the parenting equivalent of that where they'll say, uh, go to make her go to her left. She can't go to her left. And all no, make really her go to her left is okay. She can't go to her. That's left what I'm saying. Is not okay. That's what I'm saying. Yes. Okay. I'm not even sure. Make her go to her left is okay. Say that in the huddle or force her left. Eh. Recently, I heard a coach and uh, say something, and I was like, "Yeah, that's the way to do it." Um, a kid played really good defense, and the person they were guarding, who's not a great shooter, made a shot. And so the coach said to their defender, you know, that's all right. That's really good defense. It's just unlucky. And uh, which is completely different from saying to that kid, that's all right. That was a lucky shot. It's just completely different. The tone of it is different. The, the, the way the person who took the shot heard it was different. Like it's a little, little thing with language and it, um, it makes all the difference. So an opposing coach could say, this would be acceptable. She's not quite as good going to her left as she is going to her right. <laughs> she's terrific at both, but she's, force her to her left. No, you know the difference. Because she's slightly less great at that than the other. <laughs> you know the difference. You know the difference. And, um, you know, and then you, I mean, we were at a volleyball game recently, and it's the first gym we've been to where they had bleachers. It was a smaller gym, and there were bleachers in the end zones. Um, which, of course, you see all the time in pro sports and college sports, but you rarely see it in high school and yeah. high school gym. Do you suppose those those bleachers are up for basketball games because there's no baseline crash pad? You yeah, crash I, I don't bleachers. know. I don't know. That's a good question. Um, but it was a girls' volleyball game, and the other student section was there and and heckling or doing whatever that you do in high school. And, um, and of course, I'm sure for basketball games in, in a gym like that, like students say all kinds of things. And, um, but hopefully when you're in high school, you can, like, you're mature enough or old enough or something enough to handle it. I don't know that I will be as a parent, but hopefully the kids are. Were you in high school and did you hear? I never heard. No, I didn't hear much. Um, I'm sure people were saying it, but I, I didn't really hear much uh, when I was actually at any level. I didn't really, I was able to easily, uh, block out the crowd, which included my parents, although they were supportive. Um, the, you just heard the, the, the friction of the ball and the net as you were scoring 60 points. It was drowning out any Yeah, it was just drowning out the hecklers. But I'm just saying, 
in middle school. And 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 when it's kids, it's different. Like, you know, when 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 students are at a game saying things, it's different than obviously than if a, an adult is there saying the exact same thing. <laughs> um, so anyway, what what about uh, in college or the WNBA? What what were some of the uh, better hackles? Any that that amused you? I'm, I don't know. Why I'm being Joe Pesci now. Did it, did they amuse you? <laughs> I can't think of any. I can't think of any. But but in women's basketball, still now, even places that have great fan support, there's not a ton of students. U- UConn's done a really good job over the course of the last 15 years of building up. They they have a strong student section. I was at at um, in Raleigh yesterday calling the South Carolina NC State game that was a, that was sold out, and they were really excited because their student section was pretty full. But generally speaking, um. Women's college basketball doesn't draw a huge population of students. And yeah, and so those who are there aren't really heckling. Although there was a guy <laughs> right by, sitting right behind me and Ryan yesterday, and he was yelling at the refs mercilessly. And of course, our microphones could pick it up. And you just, you know, heard this guy screaming over the microphone. Can I just say, by the way, how great it was to be back in a like packed college arena it's been forever you know even because all of the games that we did last year there you know there weren't fans there in college or we weren't there till the final four and then it still wasn't even close and then yesterday we had this incredible you know i don't know what the capacity is at valvano court at reynolds coliseum but um but it, it was packed and and what was really interesting was ryan last year was his first year calling women's college basketball that was his first time in an arena like that for a major college game because he did radio when he or or tv and radio when he was at fordham but he said you know if we played in a big arena like if we went to maryland to play um you know it was kind of a one-sided game so that was and last year we didn't do any games on college campuses that was like one of his first or maybe his first real college atmosphere calling a game. I mean, obviously we've had incredible um, atmospheres when we've done WNBA, but it was the first atmosphere. college one. Atmosphere. Atmosphere. What would it be? Atmosphere. At- atmosphere. Um, they, they also have the, the world's largest logo on the court at NC State. The Wolfpack logo. It was it enormous? sideline to sideline, I think. Oh, I didn't even... Re- so if you're making a shot from the lo- logo, it could be a layup? It could be. Um, oh, that would be baseline oh, no. to baseline. Yeah. Um, I didn't... Honestly, I didn't really notice because we're not looking down on it. We're just right there courtside. And a lot of, a lot of arenas now have just enormous you logos, at, you I think. You look at old, old uh, college basketball from the 80s, and there was the jump circle, which was about the size of... Uh, yeah, it was small. Ten feet in circumference. Yeah, some tasteful logo on the baseline, maybe Greensboro mm-hmm. Coliseum. Mm-hmm. Uh, no ads on the court. Yep, and uh, certainly no signatures of coaches. It wasn't Valvano Court at Reynolds Coliseum at the Nook at Glen Lake Hollow. Yeah, no, you're right. It looked more like a, a high school court. Um, that was kind of one of the nice things last year, I don't remember, I think it was like this in the men's final four early rounds or the men's tournament, I should say early rounds. It was like this in the women's tournament early rounds was the court was very plain. Oh, on the men's court, it said March Madness, but 
that was before the NCAA allowed the women to call their tournament March Madness. That, so our courts didn't say March Madness. They were just uh, that hasn't happened yet. That doesn't. No, happen it has. Yet. It has. We can now call. Right, but but it hasn't but, happened yet. Right, that it hasn't happened yet. It right, but the it's, next it, final four. But it's been allowed. Yes. It, it's they, they've they've said yes, women. Yes, women, you can call your tournament March Madness too. But the courts last year, they just said. You say that with a patronizing tone. <laughs> Do I? <laughs> um, th- there was, you know, it said NCAA tournament or whatever. There were these really plain and clean courts, which were actually. Aesthetically pleasing. Aesthetically pleasing. Yeah. Um, so. Well, a Marquette men played last night in the opener. And I noticed that they were playing on the on the Milwaukee Bucks. They play in the Bucks Arena, Pfizer Forum in Milwaukee, but they actually had the Bucks Court. They're playing on the Bucks Court. Yeah, and I I I heard that uh, the Marquette Court was somehow damaged and won't be ready until next month or something. Oh, really? So, but uh, it I wonder is a how much they're charged to use the Bucks Court. That's got to be charged hard to use the Bucks Court. They should be getting a rebate because on national television, there's a big difference true. between having the Marquette logo and having. And, and promoting the NBA champion Milwaukee Bucks who don't need any right. promotion during Marquette games. And it's all like it's different lines. It's not only a different three-point line. It's a wider lane line in the NBA than you have in college. I'll have to take a look because it's probably almost looks like a high school court with their volleyball lines and every other line that would be on it. Um, but uh, one of the nice things too this year is um, the women's three-point line has been moved back. So it's now the international line, which is the same line men's college basketball has been using for a number of years. So you'll no longer, when you're watching college basketball, try to figure out, you know, if you're watching a college game where both the men and women play in the same arena, it'd be like, all right, which line are they supposed to be shooting from? Or you'd see sometimes the women's players look down, like trying to figure out which line their feet are supposed to be behind. It's finally a uniform uh, but I, distance. I, I, and you mentioned we read our daughter's volleyball match it was her final volleyball match uh playoff game and i was getting nostalgic of course uh while sitting there there was there's was a certain beauty to the um to the aesthetically displeasing courts with a, a million lines on them yeah and this place where they were playing it had the accordion bleachers which i love it had the accordion bleachers also on the baseline which was which was interesting it had a single uh, a kickball marooned in the rafters. It might have been a yellow balloon. I, I couldn't tell from where I was mm-hmm. sitting, which is always a plus. Right. And I was reflecting on what I love about those gyms and those high school gyms in particular. And we walked past a bunch of trophy cases on the way in with uh, one thing that I no- noted specifically was a, a soccer ball from 1972. That looked like how the soccer balls used look, to look yeah. when you draw them, just black and white with yeah. those octagons yeah. on there. And, and uh, well, five-sided, so um, pentagons. And, uh, you know, with, with the final score written on the ball, and, and I love those, you know, encased under glass like the Hope Diamond, um, these... 50, 60 year old, sometimes yeah. 70, 80 year old sporting goods from uh, distant championships that that are still, you know, part and, of the DNA of the school. And the banners, like, oh, yeah, the, felt the banners, banners. And they all, like, even if it's a new banner, of course, you want all your banners to look the same. So the banners look the same as they did when I was in high school, as they did probably when my parents were in high school. And never, never once dry cleaned or. 
or vacuumed, just hung I up. I wonder what the care and feeding is of those. There, there's like, a, there's you, no care and feeding. Do you vacuum them? Do you brush them? No, do you the more, ever launder them? The more fuzzy, the better. The you know the the dustier the you know the more venerable they look. Yeah, but I bet there's if maybe somebody knows that listens. Dry to the cleaning podcast. is would be the would be the. But how way often? To go. And you, you know, like, you is do, there every every twenty five years you do one hour martinizing for each of your banners? <laughs> it. it it's interesting though. Like, and is that the athletic director's job, or is that somebody in the school office's job? How are how are how are you who, keeping those things? Who, up? who who martinizes the banners, or who who just determines when they're supposed to be Does, martinized? Do, do you think any any what of our listeners mean? just do any of our li- listeners do they remember one hour martinizing? I don't remember. It was it. you don't remember it. No. It was in the window of every dry cleaner in America. They offered one hour martinizing, one hour martinizing. My parents. It was, it was created by a guy named Martin. It was it was it was one of those mysterious dry cleaning processes that that nobody understands, but invented just just the way that I imagine a guy named Simon invented simonizing. My you parents. Could, you could simonize your car and martinize your sport coat in in a single Saturday morning, and I think my dad probably did when I was running errands with him on a Saturday morning. My parents never brought stuff to the dry cleaner. I can remember when my mom would say, like, she was washing my dad's work shirts or something. Um, my dad was a teacher, so, you know, just like a button-down shirt that he'd wear Beating them with on his rock tie. No, when she would say, you know, I'm doing a load of wash and wear. I'm doing, you know, if you guys have any, if you, Denny, do you have any wash and wear? And uh, and so those she would wash, I don't as, know, on what cycle. To, as opposed to wash and what? I don't know, but I don't know what cycle she'd do them on. Uh, maybe our washer had a wash and wear cycle. I don't know. It and then did, it probably didn't have the infinite cycles that we have now. <laughs> and then she would hang them up to dry. She wouldn't put them in the dryer. She'd hang them to dry, and then they would get ironed. Um, but the the I don't even know where the dry cleaner was in in our town because we never went there. I can remember on occasion, maybe once a year, my mom would take like the drapes from the living room or something like that to the dry cleaner. I don't know if they get cleaned or pressed or what. But she, uh, we weren't a house where. I, I probably did, if did, if it had to be dry cleaned, my mom was probably not buying it. Did, did she get her curtains starched? Your mother? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But uh, how was was that a thing? Like was was your mom once oh, yeah. a week she was bringing fastidious your about, not once a week, but she was fastidious about uh, you know rotating the couch cushions like you flip them over. No, I mean was she once a week going to the dry cleaner? Oh yeah, your yeah, dad? yeah, yeah. My dad wore a suit, shirt, dress shirt, and tie. Every day for five days a week, anyway, for thirty-eight years. So, yeah, she would iron. She actually ironed his shirts. I remember that his dress shirts, but um, his dress shirts being white and occasionally like a light blue. I think mm-hmm. that was that was when you know things got wacky in the seventies. Right. But um, I, what I was going to ask you was your Saturday morning errands. Did you, if you weren't going to the dry cleaner, where were you going? I, I was always Coach Liquors. Coach Liquors in Bloomington, Minnesota, was a was always was a that a little league coach or what was Coach Liquors? No, Coach Liquor. Uh, was the name of a liquor store or the name of a coach? It was the name of our. I wouldn't store. want my son to yeah. play for that guy. <laughs> coach, Coach Liquors. Um, yes, no. that was part of your Sunday or your Saturday. You'd go with your dad. Yes, of course, and, they, and, and they'd have uh, little, um, you know, dum dum lollipops suckers in the in a jar and you could you could select one they would also have that coach liquors would also be the place coach liquors now i'm thinking of a coach named coach liquors but no coach 
the liquor store, let's put it that way, yes. had was always the first with the uh, pocket schedule. So the twins, the, the gopher basketball pocket schedules, yeah. they had them on the counter. You could grab one, which was always nice. My um, we, we did not go to the liquor store on Saturday. My dad had one bottle of, oh, I'm going to think of it before we're done with this podcast. One bottle of, I don't remember what liquor it was, that was above our fridge in the cabinet that he had from the time I can remember until I went to college and like maybe once a year he would have that with orange juice. I wish I could remember what it was, but the bottle lasted like 20 years. My dad would like, you know, have a beer on Saturday yeah. after mowing the lawn or whatever, but our... Well, uh, let me let me clarify. We didn't go to the liquor store every Saturday morning and it wasn't to top up uh, a supply of, you know... It may have been. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it wasn't. It was but, usually um, for, for, you know... Uh, a 12 pack of Heilman's special export or something. But. Our, um, our Saturday routine was, I can remember as a kid, like my dad coming in the room because sometimes it would wake me up, emptying the trash can. Each kid had a little trash can in their room. I'm sure there was like one or two Kleenexes in it certain months ours, of the year, but ours that's was it. Ours was a replica Schlitz beer can. Go on. <laughs> that you might have gotten at Coach Liquors. And, uh, I think it was a gift from Coach Liquors after he won the Little League title. <laughs> and then my dad would go to the dump on Saturday um, because y- you could pay extra to have the trash people come and with the trash truck and, you know, you'd put your metal w- with the lid trash cans out at the end of the driveway. But we didn't do that. So on Saturdays, my dad would, you know, take the trash to the dump. Sometimes it was a treat if he would let us go with him. Um, I didn't go to Catholic school. I went to public school. And so... Saturday all the way through elementary and middle school was when you had to go to do CCD for an hour, an hour and a half or whatever it was on Saturday morning. Um, and uh, and I think sometimes my mom did grocery shopping on Saturday. She'd go grocery shopping once a week. I think she would try to do it on Friday if she could. If not, she would go Saturday, but we wouldn't go with her to that. It was more of a treat um, to go to the dump early Saturday morning. Fun memories of the dump. Mm-hmm. Any other uh, weekend rituals that there was? A, we've we've mentioned you know Sunday night getting that creeping sensation when you hear the sixty minutes stop stopwatch that um, your your minutes were numbered before school started again. When I was a little kid, there was the wonderful world of Disney on Sunday night. Uh, I can remember NBC. Blossom that was on on Sunday nights, and um, my mom she didn't she didn't teach my ccd class when i was in high school but my mom taught my brother's ccd class and he was six years older than me so when he was in high school and i was in elementary or middle school on sunday nights all the kids would come to our house they'd get dropped off before they had their license they'd get dropped off and picked up and she would teach ccd at our house except for my brother's one friend who lived probably a mile and a half or two miles away who would ride his unicycle to um to ccd class two miles (laughs) yeah he, I would say he lived, yeah, it was about one and a half to two miles. Which is the equivalent of riding your bicycle four miles. <laughs> right. And it wasn't like flat. It was hilly. And, um, yep, he would ride his uh, he would ride his unicycle. And, and, and your brother would occasionally join him on his tandem unicycle, <laughs> also known as a bike? Yep. Nope. So uh, I can remember being upstairs watching Blossom and whatever else show it was on Sundays while my, my mom was downstairs teaching all these uh, high schoolers. And Blossom is now hosting Jeopardy. I didn't know that, is she? Yeah. Is she like the new host? She's one of the new hosts. Oh, Maya Bialik. Yeah, I didn't know that. 
So I wanted to ask you about this because when I was getting, I've mentioned I was in Raleigh because I was calling the South Carolina NC State game. South Carolina is really, really going to be good, by the way. They don't have any weaknesses. If they stay healthy, they've got everything. They're, they have depth. Really, really good. NC State's pretty good too, but South Carolina is a step above right now. Um, so I'm getting on the plane. I don't remember which one. I think it was when I was going on my connection from Dulles to Raleigh. I didn't hear the whole conversation, but this is the piece of the conversation I heard as I'm boarding the plane, one flight attendant this is, speaking to another flight this attendant. This is Dulles to Raleigh. This is Dulles to Raleigh. Dulles to Raleigh. Yes. This is the bit of the conversation I had, I heard um, that the flight attendants were having with one another. One of them just said to the other, they stopped renting cars because they weren't getting them back. So I don't know if she was talking about like, avis or like a local place that rented cars but they stopped renting cars of course it's hard to rent cars now because rental car companies don't have as many as they used to but um how exactly does that work we're not renting cars anymore because people aren't bringing them back they're just isn't that called stealing cars i don't know well cbs had a story the other day of of hertz customers uh who who rented cars had rental agreements and were pulled over by police because Hertz had reported their cars stolen, which is uh, not ideal. No. I guess if you need a car. No, the cars were not stolen. They were rented with rental agreements. Oh, and were they just not turned in on time or was it just a computer error or what was going on there? Uh, Did you read that far? I, I watched it on TV. Oh. Um, Hertz claimed that some were that many were, you know, not returned on time and they couldn't reach the people, but, but the people that were interviewed uh, on the program all had rental agreements. Okay. I, I can't get into the legalities of it because, A, I'm That'd not be an attorney. A B, I was barely paying attention. And C, I wasn't all that interested. But, yes, they had several <laughs> people who had been pulled over. That would be a bit of a bummer. You're driving car. along in your rental car, which means you're not somewhere familiar. You're, you know, on a business trip or on vacation or something. And wee, wee, wee. Well, that's why I, I kept stolen. repeating Dulles to Raleigh. That sounds like that sounds like if you had to make up uh, a business trip and a, and a profession. I always use the generic ball bearing salesman. Yeah, who who is my shorthand for everybody I'm ever next to on an airplane. Yeah, you know they're they're frantically typing something in their laptop. That's that's super important, and it turns out they're they're selling a gross of ball bearings to uh, the guy two rows in front of them, but. You can tell I don't understand business, but uh, but that guy, that sort of every every businessman on every business trip, he would be going from Dulles to Raleigh in in the uh, in the uh, miniseries of my mind. And what's what's so absurd about it is that there used to be a direct flight way back when, ten years ago, straight to Raleigh between Bradley and Raleigh, and it was still what an hour and a half. It was still this really short flight. But instead, I've got to now take a 45-minute flight from Hartford to D.C. and then like a 35-minute flight from D.C. to Raleigh. The, it, not the most efficient way to travel, but, um, but it was pleasant. Bradley and Raleigh, incidentally, were, were the uh, two assistants on the team that, that Coach Lickers Coach was, Lickers, was yeah. uh, helming when I was in Little League. <laughs> Bradley to Raleigh. That was our that was our our double play combination. I don't I don't have the uh, Ryan Rucco voice massage 
herbal tea, honeyed elixir regimen going, and I should. Manuka because honey. You don't have any manuka honey. That's like manuka 50, honey. Manuka honey. That's like fifty dollars a jar. But if you take a spoonful of it, it really coats the the throat. You don't have any of that. No, I, I need some some coat throat. Uh, but until I get that, um, and I'm going to turn over viewer mail to my manuka honey. Oh, I get to view your mail today. Yes, you'll you'll see that it's it's, it's not, not as easy. easy as it looks. I know it's not. Take that hook, throw our lure, reel us in with your pure mail. So do it slow. Mm-hmm. Okay, enunciate. And I have to self-edit right as I go along. That's the trick, because some of our our viewers are, are work blue. All right, this comes to us from Tanya from Troy. This is Tanya from Troy. Is this a long-distance dedication, Casey Kasem, from Tanya to Troy? Uh, no, this is from Tanya, who's in Troy. She's our resident energy efficiency advisor. Ooh, she's the one who was mad at you when you bought the um, space heater for the basement. You did. Hmm? When you did. No, you bought it for oh, me. It was okay. a gift. Do you, you don't remember? Dear Restiva, I know it's been a while since corresponding. With having gone back to work in the office more frequently, I have again been able to regain my completionist status and look forward to the weekly banter that is you two. I saw the attached homage to puzzles and know you two will appreciate the sentiment put forth. Homage. Homage. What did I say? I'm just kidding. What, did I say homage? Well, that's fine. I was just being the pretentious French pronouncer. But if I was going to like use that word in TV... How would I say? I would it? say it's homage. homage, and then and then somebody would uh, roll their eyes at you. Anyway, she sent us an which was an which was attached an homage to puzzles, and she said, "I have now become much pickier about the brand of puzzles I buy for my girls, and I would agree the Ravensburger are without a doubt." superior to most on the market so thanks for sharing that info with the group uh, we like blue mountain is it blue mountain i think it's white mountain white mountain you you can like blue mountain it's white mountain Mountain, yeah okay um stay warm in the basement Mm -hmm. uh even though we don't use the space heater we will stay warm in the basement she said perhaps provide an update on the puppy you want to give the update on the puppy the puppy is alive and well um the puppy enjoys eating our packages and and, and digging digging uh, huge holes six in foot the holes. Yard. preparing my own grave i think is what she's doing this is what i did this morning i don't think you noticed um it was time to throw the mums into the woods because the mums are no longer alive but instead of throwing the mums <laughs> in the woods i cut like all the mum wood parts or plant parts off and took all the dirt and um, roots and used those as best I could to fill some of the enormous holes in yeah. the yard. Because I'm thinking maybe the dogs won't dig or won't I, eat when there's roots as part of it. I, I went and got know. a bunch of soil and filled in the holes. And, and later that day, within an hour, she had dug the holes back up. So Yeah, so we'll, we'll see. Um, but that's what I was doing this morning. Speaking of um, eating packages... Our, our, we d- brought our youngest daughter, our 11-year-old, I brought her this past weekend to get her own pair of basketball shoes. She had been coming to the basement, shopping in the basement, as she calls it, and it brought up a number of That's pairs. because this is where we have all the hand-me-downs. Yeah, it's where we put, when kids outgrow something, but it's not trash, we put it in the basement. 
So our daughter had come to the basement and brought up maybe two or three different pairs of basketball shoes. None of them fit her perfectly. And as I'm looking at the most recent pair she put on, I realized every single one of our other kids had worn them for their fifth or sixth grade basketball season. Three other kids had worn these shoes. So I find she, they didn't fit her quite right. So I said to her, would you like to go and get your own pair of brand new basketball sneakers? And of course, what kid's going to say no to that? So we went to Dick's to get her some shoes. And they've got, they didn't have a great selection, but a eh, selection of basketball sneakers, men's basketball sneakers. And then they sold, the Candace Parker has a, Adidas gave her a signature shoe. And so our daughter was looking at the Candace Parkers. And um, they didn't have her size and the color that she wanted. And I said, well, you know, there's all these other shoes over here on the wall. And she said, those are boys' shoes. I don't want those. I want girls' shoes. And good for her. Like, why is Adidas the only one making girls' shoes right now? I know Brianna Stewart Puma is going to be coming out with a signature shoe for her soon. But anyway, didn't have our daughter's size in the orange Candace Parker. So we ordered them. They came yesterday. Mm -hmm. And... um. The UPS guy, maybe, maybe he put them somewhere um, convenient, and our dog picked up the box and put it under the back tire. But somehow, <laughs> the brand out, new Candace I Parkers backed out of the driveway yesterday and ran over what I assumed was yet another basketball or soccer ball. You popped one the other day, and no, it was a uh, it was a package with the shoes. And it, the, the exterior box was destroyed. The interior box was destroyed. And the shoes were totally fine. Yeah. Fortunately, the shoes were fine. Our daughter said she, she wore them in her practice or wore them around at least and, uh, and loved them. So, so. Let, let me ask you this. How do you think you're doing with the pacing of the viewer mail now? That was one, one letter, about 10 minutes. I think I'm, I'm reading them slower than you normally do. Okay. You, you're saying I'm going off onto too many tangents. No, no, no not that at all. I'm just saying... Uh, I'm just, I'm just saying it's, it's, it's. Needs it's to move a little faster. No, no, you just can I, can I finish Tanya from Troy's course, letter at least? Of course, of course. She said it finishes after asking about the puppy. And I was just answering about the puppy. I know. Saying she's looking forward to the NCAA tournament to return to Albany, hoping that the season will bring some new teams to town. I don't think we're in Albany this year. I think it's in Bridgeport. I think the East Regional, um, or whatever they call it, is in Bridgeport and not Albany. But Bridgeport's not that far from albany yeah. so maybe tanya from troy can uh can still come this comes from john in snellville john in snell john, john in whoville john in snellville i found dear Stephen. oh hi Stephen rebecca i found your halloween candy comparison with the loaves and fishes very funny thank you so did i um rebecca you're giving individual rollos to feed your five thousand halloween kids was so funny I must believe Jesus would do the same thing if he needed. No one would go away without any candy. You are such a great example of making the candy work out. Steve, I'm sure there was candy at the CVS on Sunday night in Rebecca's defense. Of course there was. You should have made the candy. You should have made he, the candy he, run. Are you sure there was? Well, perhaps, perhaps at the CVS in Snellville. Perhaps. Then he said you should have made the candy run. I agree. There is always after Halloween candy half price. But Rebecca, you made it work on your cul-de-sac or culls-de-sac for Steve. Thank you for letting us share your lives each week and making me laugh every week. Well, thank you, John. Thank you, John. And thank you also for um, kind of taking my side on this. This is from Tim. Tim from Leewood, Kansas. Is Tim new? I don't remember Leewood, Kansas. 
Well, I, I don't know. You I, don't know. Longtime listener, first time correspondent. Well, there, well, there you go. I too have a high school senior and am enjoying hearing the similarities in our experience. These kids work so hard and then the colleges demand they work even harder to prove their interest. Crazy. I share the following with Steve as well. Bullet point. Raised in a Minneapolis suburb, Crystal. Crystal. Do you know Crystal? I do know Crystal. Graduated. Boy, do, do I know Crystal? <laughs> Graduated from a Lake Conference High School, ah, Armstrong. Was, Lake Conference South, Lake Conference North. He said, played, um, rode the bench, if I'm honest, in the 1989 Minnesota State High School Basketball Championship game in St. Paul. Wow. At the Civic Center. Graduated from Marquette University. Whoa. Holy cow. Now live in my wife's hometown for in-law reasons. Wow. Leewood, Kansas. Leewood? What did I say? You said Leewood. Oh, okay. As long as I said the right thing. Well, thanks, yeah, Tim. Uh, We're glad uh, you're uh, uh, no longer. Next time he'll be no longer a first time. No, no. Now do I just keep going? Well, you, or am, you I, should, am I going you should, too you slowly? Should provide a, no, you're doing, doing great. You should provide a, a witty segue between uh, between emails. Do you provide a witty, no, witty segue? No, that's what I'm saying. You should because I don't. <laughs> this is not a first time correspondent. This is from Chris. He's our resident something or other in Cheshire, Connecticut. Dear Rebecca and Steve, thank you for your show as always. It's a show. What is it? This? Yeah. I think it's just a, it's just a, a, it's a thing, a, a little slice of life. A little something, something. Some weeks, some weeks, as at the deli counter, it's sliced a little thinner than other weeks. Do you think this is a thick slice? No, no, I think this is a healthy slab of of our lives. <laughs> this is a healthy slab, not healthy slab of our lives. Okay. Uh, no, nothing about this life seems healthy right now. <laughs> Thank you for your show, as always. It is always good to hear that my life in suburban New England is not as crazy as I feel it is. The peaks into your world always make our family adventures seem a little more normal. Alas, this email isn't actually for you, but I had no other way to contact DGS. Ah, we are, we are now just we a, a way station. We are DGS... Way, oh, DGS Way Station? Yeah. We, we, people, I, I love this. People are now writing us to see if we can put them in touch with DGS. Go well, ahead. I just wanted to send a heartfelt congratulations to, he said, to Jerry. To Gary. To Gary, who in the last episode's viewer mail described himself as a lifelong Braves fan. Their World Series victory made the season a little better for all the fans of teams outside of Houston. Well, maybe not Philly or Queens. I hope you were able to enjoy it, and if you weren't delivering the next generation of Braves fan, attended the parade. All my best to all of three of you, Chris, our resident something or other. That's nice. Thank you, Chris. That's that's very nice, and I'm sure Dr. Siegel uh, more than enjoyed. I, I, I'm sure he celebrated uh, uh, robustly the Braves championship. What do you think, Rebecca? Oh, I would certainly hope you celebrated it robustly, and then... Still got his um, insurance points by biking the next day. Oh, absolutely. This could be my favorite. This is from Julianne, our resident child listener. Ah. And she puts parenthetically, and hopefully resident kid reporter. Ah. We we must read more. Our first first, uh, uh, resume. Dear Mr. and Mrs. Russian, I just love how that starts. How are you doing? I have so much to tell you. I have not sent an email in a long time, so please forgive me if I touch upon some old topics. Here are my main points in list form. I love it. Number one, I would love, all caps, I would love to be your kid reporter. 
It would be a lot of fun and I would enjoy doing it. Please let me know what you would, what you would like me to ask married middle-aged couples about how they cut their bread. <laughs> can I just say, can I just say, Julianne, you have the job. When can you start? Please let me know what you would like me to ask married middle-aged couples about how they cut their bread. All right. That's a heck of a start right there. All right. Number two. I think that Thanksgiving always gets skipped over. Mrs. Russian, I remember that you said that you were going to skip Thanksgiving. I think that it is an important holiday, but it doesn't get recognized because no one decorates for it and the stores we, go straight from Halloween to Christmas decorations. Now, Julianne, the, I am not skipping Thanksgiving. Julianne, the, the, this is, shows your, your, your credentials as, as kid reporter. I was talking about, our kids were talking about this in the car yesterday. We drove past a house that had an inflatable, across from their school, with an inflatable turkey in the yard. And they were commenting how nice it was that somebody had put up a Thanksgiving decoration in the yard. Plenty of Halloween decorations, already some Christmas decorations, but only the one Thanksgiving decoration. And it was an inflatable turkey. We loved it. And you're absolutely right. We were talking about this yesterday. Well, I'm not planning to skip the holiday, but I, that is true. I do not decorate for thanks, uh, for Thanksgiving. Number three, I had a soccer game in Mansfield right next to stores. We won. Congratulations. And my family and I went to the UConn campus afterwards. We went to the bookstore looking for a Nika Mule jersey. She's a sophomore guard for UConn. And attached below is a picture of something I found there. My parents and I walked by Gample, Gampel, in the basketball training center, and I tried every single door to try to get in at both. I really wanted to meet Paige Beckers huh. and Nika Mule. Sadly, I had no luck. They were all locked. Can I just say, so have I, Julianne, so have I. Because I've gone up to UConn twice this year. Once I, I was doing their media day and a second time I went up to watch their practice. And I too checked all the doors and couldn't get in. And even though associate head coach Chris Daly knew I was coming and told me to text her, I texted her. And she didn't respond. So I was standing outside and fortunately somebody was going in, had the key card, let themselves in, recognized me, and let me in too. So I, I too have pulled on all the doors there and did, been did, unable did, did to get in. Did they find it a sad tableau as as they keyed themselves in and saw former UConn Husky Rebecca Lobo standing forlornly outside? Right, isn't that sort out, of a pathetic saying, saying, image? Saying, honest to God, CD set knows I'm coming and yes. said to text her. Look at look look, my name's right there on the yeah. inside. Yeah, um, in the picture. Oh, you would you would like to see some ID, yeah. perhaps? That banner, recently Martinized. <laughs> Julianne has a picture of herself. She is attached at the Yukon bookstore. They sell, they sell jerseys with the number 50 on them, with the name Lobo on the back. They do? They do. And it looks absolutely nothing like any jersey I ever wore <laughs> when I was at Yukon. I shouldn't say that. I shouldn't say they sell them. They have them for sale. They have number 50 jerseys well, with my the, name for sale uh, at the Yukon bookstore. They've sold one to me. Let me see. See, it was Julianne. Yeah, that looks similar. I mean, the 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 name is larger, but that's that's too uh, that's too. Uh, well, what do you mean the name is larger? We never had names on our jerseys. They still don't. That's have why names it's larger. Jerseys. It's it's larger than non-existent. <laughs> okay. Now we're at take bullet that, point take, four. Take that as a compliment, Rebecca. That's, oh no, that I abs yes, I one hundred percent do. I and uh, I think it's pretty cool that she wanted to meet Nika. That's great. Number four. Over the summer, my parents and I drove down to Florida. On the way down, we listened to a lot of your podcasts. Thank you so much for coming out every week with an interesting and funny podcast. I love listening to them with my family, and I also love writing you emails. While in Florida, my dad read 
Knights in White Castle. He loved it and shared some of the funny but appropriate parts with me. <laughs> Mr. Russian, you are a great author. This God kid, like, Julian. she's got one more bullet point. I mean, she's okay. got the job. She's, she's got, got any job she wants. All right, number five, Mrs. Russian, I completely, completely agree with you on the wet, dry measure debate. All right, do we okay. need anybody else to weigh in now we're, that Julianne we're, has? We're rescinding her, her offer. <laughs> she said, my dad does that all the time. My mom and I scream at him, and my dad says, it's fine. It measures the same. In my opinion, no, it doesn't. Even when my dad listened to the podcast and heard that you were mad at Mr. Russian for using the wrong cups, he still has not changed his ways. Good man. Sigh, she adds. <sighs> Sigh. Also, I would like to give kudos to Mr. DGS for writing every week despite his busy schedule. I don't know how he does it. Lastly, if I get the kid reporter job, can I change my title to resident child listener slash resident kid reporter? If Mr. Gallagher, Mr. Gallagher gives me my first assignment, I wouldn't mind driving all the way back to stores to interview some of the Yukon women players. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Do you, you think go. a credential from the B&C podcast would be uh, enough to get uh, be, uh, Julianne uh, in? Willy to... Wonka's golden ticket. Yeah. I think, um, Julianne, I think that's only appropriate that we should figure out a way to get you in um, as a B&C reporter, kid reporter, to interview some of the UConn players. Well, we will certainly uh, have to cook up an assignment for, for Julianne. Okay, I'm going to have to run to pick up our daughter at high school, so um, we've got a couple more Emails, should we save those for next week? Yeah, let's save those for next week. So we can week. do them justice. Yes. And, um, but we'll get to doc- Dr. Gary Siegel's um, weekly missive, shall we? Yes. Dear Rebecca and Steve, as Denny motors his way across the lower 48, let's not forget that one of the many Cooper advertising campaign slogans was, let's motor. You don't have to tell me, Dr. Siegel. I, I had, uh, had a mini Cooper. You did? And uh, they gave me uh, like a motoring journal that I never filled in that had let's motor on the outside. This, of course, relates directly to Rebecca's understandable confusion about Formula One cars having power units, not engines or motors per se. Rebecca, your Honda Odyssey has an internal combustion engine. Motor is a less specific term. And simply put, an internal combustion engine is a central part of a Formula One car's power unit, which also includes a turbocharger, which can be found on many normal cars and trucks today, as well as the alphabet soup of gizmos described in last week's note. I've taken the liberty of attaching a picture from the Mini Cooper's advertising campaign to this email. Note to Steve... Please entertain us by reading Grand Prix in the paragraph below with your outrageous French accent. Grand Prix? Uh, Homage to the Grand Prix? Uh, both of you wondered if Mrs. DGS or anyone attended the U.S. Grand Prix with me. It was a boys' affair among my son, son-in-law, and me. Paraphrase, my wife, daughter, and daughter-in-law collectively said something along the lines of, I wouldn't be caught dead there with respect to the racing track. Although certainly there were people of all stripes there, from the most glamorous to the most basic. We just suppose Dr. Siegel fell on that spectrum. I bet he's closer to glamorous yeah. it's not, than it's not, basic. It's not like the Kentucky Derby where you wear uh, like a big hat, but uh, but I imagine it, you know I imagine there are, there's more than one ascot. <laughs> I'm the sure guy, there's more than at, one at every ascot. Formula One race. In Formula One, Mister and Missus Russian, the pit box is the term used for what we know in NASCAR or IndyCar to be the pits. Thus, as Steve mentioned, the drivers are told via radio to box box when it's time for them to get new tires. Dr. Siegel uh, spelled tires with a Y, by the way, in the British way. T-Y-R-E-S. Oh, is that how they spell it? It is. Um, no no refueling is allowed. A typical stop has the st- car stationary for around 2.5 seconds, and there is no limit to the number of members of the pit crew who can service the car. I've attached a link of a video of a pit stop for your, for your review. 
I mean, uh, Dr. Gary Sagan, I mean, full service. He's got F1. time this yeah. week. He's taking well, care of us. He doesn't have time. He, has, he doesn't he has have time, but still, you're right. Exactly. Enough with Formula One. The Braves won the World Series because, like many of those who play or enjoy sports, I was superstitious. The Braves won Game 3 after I had a double Dallas burger for dinner and a brownie sundae for dessert. And after dinner, but during the game, I did an unplanned C-section. <laughs> so I guess he had, a, he had to do a C-section every game then, presumably. I don't know, but an unplanned would be yes. a little bit more difficult. When the surgery was over, the Braves, who were trailing when I started surgery, were ahead and subsequently won. We then won game four, a bullpen game. I mean, how about Dr. Siegel? He has a double Dallas burger and a brown day Sunday prior to doing a, a C-section. Yeah. yeah. It takes a special man. And, and, and a, a kind of an iron, const, iron stomach. Yes. Uh, we then won game four, a bullpen game, but it was too much of a stretch, pun intended, to win another bullpen game in game five. Thus, I was determined to have the Braves close out the series in game six by, you guessed it, eating the same meal at the same restaurant. However, only fate would lead another woman to need an unplanned cesarean during the game. I went into surgery with a score, 0-0, zero, zero, and emerged after surgery with the Braves far ahead. It happened again? It happened again. Come on! I mean, this is incredible. This is incredible. Uh, Are you allowed to have a TV on in the in the room where you're performing surgery or only, radio listening only to if the, it's the World Series? I think. I think yeah, any mother maybe. any mother any mother would understand it if it was the World Series. Right, I'm sure they would. Or a Formula One race. <laughs> right. As always, you're kind enough to share your lives and give us a pause for good fun, good stories, and good times for about an hour each week. Thanks so much for the excellent work, and best of luck to Denny and friend as they get settled on the left coast. With warm regards, Gary with various attachments, and uh, Dr. Siegel, thank you as always. We always enjoy your your uh, witty repartee and your Formula One uh, insights. And the way he consistently weaves in ridiculous French phrases for while, you to... While delivering children yes. in the greater Amazing. Atlanta area. Mm -hmm. It's it's uh, it's incredible. Well, Rebecca, that's all I've got. All right. Well, thank you, Dr. Siegel. Thank you, Denny. Thank you, Tom Dickhari. Thank you, our kid correspondent. Julianne, next week I hope we'll be back with uh, with my regular voice. With your regular voice. Same time, same bat time, same bat channel. I'm Tom DeMari, play us out. Saying says no pain, no gain, and we found that to be fact. Road might twist and turn a bit, but we all arrive intact. Mr. Mom and Mrs. Dad having each other's back. Day by day, just to keep it sane. Who's the ball and who's the chain? It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane. Six of us and the family pet live in the cuckoo nest. Daily grind puts your sanity. To a daily test Androgynous and vigorous What we give for a little rest Stay by day just to keep it sane Who's the ball and who's the chain It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane It's hard to tell right here on Happiness Lane